This week on the Fake Outrage Report, we discuss when are the appropriate times for Jews to take showers and how young is too young when it comes to sexy lingerie. Also, our guest Jarrett Bernstein drops by and talks about his new book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Welcome to the Fake Outrage Report, the least important debate show on the internet. That's right. I am Sandeep Sen. With me, as always, Phil Causey. Phil. Uh, hey, what's well, how are you this week, man? Doing well. Dude, uh, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm checked out right now. So, you know, let's just tell the listeners here, this is the last episode that we're recording uh, before both Sandeep and I go on vacations. Yes. Separately, separately, okay, we're just friends. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be out of town for a few weeks, but we already have some super awesome stuff that we already recorded. That's going to be going up the next few weeks. You guys are going to love it. It's super special. It's super amazing. But, uh, yeah, I'm fucking dude. I have this recording. I have one show on Monday and I have two shifts at my day job and I'm on vacation. That's the only thing between me and just fucking off for a week. So I'm kind of checked out right now. Are you checked out also? No, I'm checked in. You're still checked in. Yeah. Okay. I'm still I'm Makes still sense. checked. Yeah, because you're you're gonna be at Burning Man next week, right? I'm gonna be at Burning Man. I don't That's know what to awesome. expect. There's a lot of preparation, so I still feel like I have to be checked in. Is this your first time at Burning Man? Yes. Ooh, it's exciting. Have you done Burning Man? No, I would never, not with a ten foot pole, would I do <laughs> Burning Man. That is just Ooh boy. Yeah, more <laughs> more of that than I ever need in my entire life. So <laughs> That third voice you hear today, Jarrett Berenstein. Welcome to the show, Jarrett. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man. Wonderful to be here. Fuck yeah, man. It's awesome to have you. So we always meet our guests up front in the show. We always talk about their projects and what they're... And you're a guy who's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I like to I like to have a lot of pots on the burner just, you know, because one of them will, you know, hopefully be a thing that helps... You know, the career and the life and everything like that. Yeah, you know? no, I, well, that's, that's why we do this show as of well. Of course. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, Jared actually used to do a show that I don't think he does anymore called Current Events. Yes. Ran for three years, two years? Two years. Two years. A little over, over two years, actually. Fuck yeah. And it was basically like his own personal daily show. I thought it was great. I went once. I brought a date. She loved it. That was <laughs> awesome. So, if there's any, uh, you know, news satire people who are hiring Definitely hit up Jared. He he's great for that kind of thing. I really but appreciate that. Your current projects that are going on. You have a podcast right now called Famous Dead People. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> I listened to it the other day. It's it's improv comics that are in character for an hour. Is that kind of a good That's way to describe it? That's basically it. Which episode did you listen to, just out of curiosity? I'll, uh, I'll do the full breakdown, but which episode did you listen um, to? I listened to two half of ones. I listened to the most recent one with the French Oh, thing. with Napoleon? And then the, um, oh, what the fuck was that one I, I checked out? I gotta be honest with you. I was watching a baseball game yeah. at the same time. No, I was hey, listen, I do that. I think it was Jesus and Al Capone. Was that an episode? That's a pretty good episode too. Okay, yeah, all right. So yeah, that one. was a thing. So yeah, basically, um, I do the show. It's uh, it's technically a podcast, but it is uh, it is an actual radio show that goes out over Radio Free Brooklyn every Monday at three p.m. That's when the newest episodes come out, and then the podcast has a little bit of a delay to it. Ooh, the so the hardcore listeners, hardcore listen listeners Monday at 3. Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, but yeah, no, the show, the premise of the show, I just had this funny idea, I thought, where I would have comics come on and answer questions about their life as these famous people that are dead. And depending on how much they know about them, they either can give the real answer or they can make it up or anything. And I like to encourage a lot of, like, you know, um, integration in the conversation. So, like, I'll have people on that are very disparate, you know, like... I'll have um, I'll have Marlon Brando and Louis Pasteur on the same episode, 
and try to encourage them to like interact with each other. Like, what would Marlon Brando say to Louis Pasteur? Like, <laughs> like, what would that, you know, what what would that input be? You know, and it's it's a real silly, fun show. Like, I'm a big I'm a big fan of doing it. It, it you know, I when I first started doing it, like it's funny you mentioned the Al Capone episode. Um, back then, I was trying to make it more of like a subtle comedy show where I was like, guys, let's just play everything straight. You know, mm -hmm. you're gonna say ridiculous things. But I'm not going to laugh. I want this to have a very This American Life kind of feel to it. <laughs> but I just started having too much fun doing the shows. You can hear me laughing mm -hmm. like an idiot in every single episode. So I was finally just like, I was like, fuck it. This is what the show is. The show is me laughing like an idiot, us being ridiculous. Like, you know, it's fun. It's a good, it's good time. So I wanted to ask, uh, how much of it is scripted versus zero. off the... Yeah, it's because zero scripted, it yeah. seemed like it was mostly improv comics. Um, yes. and that it sounded like it was hard to do. Cause I don't think I could, I'm not an actor and I have a lot of respect for acting and improv. I don't think I could hold a character for fucking an hour like that. Hmm. So that's really impressive that the people that come on your show do that. Well, so, what, uh, what kind of improv experience do you guys have? Ever? I have absolutely zero. Any improv classes experience. or anything like that? I took two, uh, two levels of classes at magnet theater. At the magnet. Yes. That's, uh, that might be where I recognize you from. I'm a, I'm a magnet guy. Ah, yeah. Yes. I've been, uh, on junior varsity, which is a house team over the oh, magnet. Oh yeah. I remember junior varsity. In like 10 years or so, you know. So you guys have been in the same room at the same time and just met each other 10 minutes ago. Possibly. Possibly. Yes. Like, I, I we definitely open definitely mics together. Yeah. yeah, also. Yes, all right. Um, but yeah, I like to, you know, grab improvisers and stand-ups that also feel comfortable doing improv. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's sort of like, uh, there's a thing that happens in short form that I also love what happens when it happens in long form is you just, you're in a situation where you just have to justify what just happened. And so when I tell, you know, somebody who's playing Napoleon about like a thing that happened in their life, and ask them to explain it like it's it's activating that muscle where they have to be like, all right, what is the story behind that? I have to make that up on the spot. And that's like my favorite thing to do. And it's also my favorite thing to watch in improv. So I was like, oh, this is the perfect show then. Yeah, I, improv scares the hell out of me. I have a lot of respect for people to do it, but I'm more of just a straight stand up right now slash podcaster. Anyway, this is not about me. This is um, so, Jared. You also have another project, and this one, this is really exciting. You have a book coming out. Yes, I do, and it, you know, it's coming out in a couple days. But by the time this comes out, it'll have already been out. Well, oh, yeah. So it is like about a week or so. It is coming out in this. like three days. So by the time you guys are listening to this, you can it's been out for four. You can days. go to Barnes Noble and you can buy it. Yes. You can go to a store and buy my book. And I love the, the title of this book. It's called The Kellyanne Conway Technique. That is right. <laughs> Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is me making fun of Kellyanne Conway and basically like all Republicans and Donald Trump for like 150 pages. Now let me ask you, how did you get 150 pages out of <laughs> Kellyanne Conway? You'd be surprised. Specifically. Well, here's the thing is like, you know, if you watch Kellyanne Conway in interviews and if you are a thinking person, like I'm sure the three of us are, uh, you recognize what she's doing. Like, you know that she's full of it. And you mm -hmm. know that what she's saying is nonsense. But, you, but you're but not, maybe, maybe not 100% sure, like, what the specific mechanism that she's trying to utilize in order to trick everybody else. But, and, but when, you, when I sat down and read the book, I watched, like, interview after interview with this girl. That's got to be the hardest part. Oh, it was, it was a nightmare. Watching it was this, this torture. It's <laughs> watching Kelly it was awful. I remember I was just, like, sitting there, like, like, you know, uh, I was just watching and I was like, I think I need to get some wine or something. You know, it's just like drinking, drinking like half a bottle of wine, trying to get through these interviews. So that's what you did this past winter. You'd sip wine by yourself and watch YouTube <laughs> Kellyanne Conway. Basically, clips. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. But the thing is, like the woman does so many different things to try to hoodwink her interviewer. You know, it. I would have respect for it if it wasn't so, you know, blatant and also awful. Like it, it's, it's, and it's even more infuriating because like what she did worked, you know, like she got this idiot 
elected. And so the book basically runs through like all the different mechanisms and all the different, uh, you know, best practices of being a bullshit artist the way that Killian Conway is. So you basically, you talk about, I guess, uh, body language sort of a little bit. We don't talk about you... body language that much in the book. Okay. It's more so it's, like... Did you have some kind of like public relations or like... Do I? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Or but... did you just start from scratch? All right, what is she doing? And then like kind of come yeah, up with it. Yeah, no, I just use my, I just my regular uh, bachelor's degree brain okay. on Killian <laughs> Conway, which, you know, which is, I was overqualified, you know? Like what she's doing is not not rocket science it's yeah. just that she so the book is a breakdown of, yeah. of her her and sort of her interviews is it like a chronological journey it's not, chron take us on? It's not chronological i basically okay. i try to i try to break it up in a way that it almost reads like a tutorial like the entire the, the entire book <laughs> like how to yeah exactly how she did all oh, that's fucking exactly hilarious. the entire book is like i kind of borrow from colbert a little bit where i write the book as though i love her but it's very clear that i despise her oh I and love so this. um i basically write it where i'm like hey you know here's how she hoodwinked nbc and jake tapper and you know uh all, all these guys and if you want to use these same techniques to like get out of a speeding ticket or if, you're, if your girlfriend catches you cheating like you know you can use these same mechanisms and then that was actually the most fun part of the book was writing like the scenarios where like you get pulled over and you have to use a yeah. kelly and conway spin to try to get out of that ticket you know it's it's similar to famous dead people and that it's just pure silly like there's some very real research that i did in there and i you know um i i there's, there's probably some very legit uh breakdown of her mechanisms and everything but it is a really silly fun book that i think everyone's gonna find funny what made you want to write the book uh it's actually wasn't a hundred percent my idea um i have a friend who works for a publishing company they were looking for somebody who could bang out this book really quick because obviously the political climate nowadays changes so fast they want to make sure that they can monopolize on this so By they the time were like, it comes out she's going to be fired <laughs> yeah, so you know. or or yeah. the new president like that's how fast everything <laughs> moves now uh yeah so they were like you know would you like to make a would you like to write a book make a funny killian conway they gave me like some general uh general you know guidelines but on the whole i was like this is my dream job i don't like her i want to make fun of her and i follow politics anyways and i don't have a job so like i can easily bang this out in like five weeks. What are some, what are some techniques quickly if you like? Uh, well, the big thing that I always tell people about is that she will talk for a really long time whenever she's asked a question. And there's a, there's a couple of reasons why that's good. Like number one is it gives you less time to call me out on all the things that I said. So yes. it's a five minute interview. I talk for four of that. Right. 20 seconds of it is saying, thank well, oh, definitely th thanks for that. coming Kellyanne, you know? Uh, and the other thing is, the longer you talk, the more different things you can put in there. So if I say in my answer, if you're like, why did, you know, the president, uh, you know, call George Washington, you know, an alien? And then, you know, my answer is uh, Obama is a Muslim. He's not from here. Uh, Hillary Clinton's emails, um, you know, 80, 85 million women uh, had health insurance until Obamacare, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's so many things that are either lies or... Uh, you know, lies by omission or misdirections or whatever, you have you 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 have to pick which one you're gonna talk about. Right. And or or your answer or your response can be you haven't answered my question. You know, so she gives you so many targets you have to hit in such a short amount of time that it's it's impossible to call her out on any any on all the things that she's done. Right. Know? And even if you say you haven't answered my question, then you just open up the door for her to keep exactly. talking. Exactly. A hundred percent. This like this is something I talk about in the book where you know, I found a couple of examples of her doing this and an interviewer trying to nail her down on something, but that just like 
like an infected zit, like it just pops it's open. Like whack a mole. Exactly. Like there's 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 no good way to do it. There's only one person who I thought almost did a good job, and it was Whoopi Goldberg on The View because she wasn't letting up. She was just like, where are the taxes? Kellyanne would talk. Whoopi Goldberg, no, 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 you didn't answer my question. Where are the taxes? The only reason why she got away with it is because someone else on The View, I forget who, moved on. And that it broke my heart watching that. I was just like, you well, almost That person had- is a racist because they eluded <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Anyway, so it sounds did like you have any techniques on how to beat Kelly- Kellyanne Conway? Well, that's Since my... no one beat her. The, no one no- really, nobody has. I mean, the, the closest I think anyone's got was Jake Tapper when he... He had her on for like 20 minutes and just didn't let up. He just, you have to, you have to have one thing. You have to hammer away at her. But the thing is, and this is another technique that I talk about in the book, is that just even if the reporter is angry at you and calls you on your bullshit, you still got the information out there and that's a win. Yeah. So, so, you know, the only way that you can really interview Kellyanne Conway properly is to, um, you know, hammer on one thing. You have to be able to cut her mic. If she's, if she's not answering the right question and you could have like a fact checker like there who literally interrupts her if she starts lying or not answering the question. Well, I look forward to hearing your interview with her in the future at some point. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, Oh, absolutely. So it sounds like you're pretty outraged with her. Let's get into some outrage, Woo-hoo! shall we? Do you want to do a choose your own adventure, Sandeep, or do you want to do mine than yours? How do you want to do this today? Uh, well, let's just do mine. Let's start <laughs> out with mine. Okay. We're going to start <laughs> off in what, China, right? Yes. Two uh, weeks in a row, by the way, oh on the fake outrage report. China's killing up the outrage department. Yeah, yeah. It comes from China. China is a popular country for us. And <laughs> this, this story also involves the sexualization of children, which is a popular topic for us. No. Uh, oh, disgusting. Not for us specifically, <laughs> but we mean as outrage stories on the show. I feel like for right. legal purposes, we need to specify that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, it was only a matter of time before these two subjects combined, China and the sexualization of children. So well, what happened coming. in China? So a fashion show was held in a mall in China, caused controversy after it featured little girls as models in a Victoria's Secret-style ramp show. <laughs> so the shopping mall was in Chengdu, Chengdu, which is in the southwest uh, of China's Sichuan province, which is, has great food, by the way. <laughs> um, it's very offensive. It's extremely <laughs> offensive. Uh, really happy with their food. Okay, we, so we appropriated it to America, so we have their food here now, too. Yes, That's, yeah. uh, and they received criticisms over its catwalk show on August 5th, which showed little girls modeling lingerie. And the quote-unquote models were two-piece lingerie and with stylish large headpieces and the feather wings. That Wait, you what see was the age the... range on this? Well, they, they didn't really say the age range, but it seemed like the girls were as young as five. So it was like five to like ten. Yeah, it's, it's it cre- it, the, one of the creepiest things I think I've ever seen uh, in my life. Um, who whose idea was this? Uh, like that, That's always my first question I when something like this hits. I don't know. It's just... The thing that here, here, I have just as much beef with whoever's idea this was uh, as I do with whoever uh, wrote the article. Because I was reading the article about this to be prepared mm-hmm. for the show. Mm-hmm. And like they showed a picture of one of these one of these girls, and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, that's so inappropriate and yeah. you know, so overly sexualizing this young child. That's terrible. So I just like, I just want to scroll past that and get to the article. So I scroll past. Really, the article. Scroll more. There's another picture, and I'm like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Another one. So well, you only go there for the articles, not the pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. But that's the thing. It's like there were like eight pictures in this thing of these of these poor girls. I was like, "Just stop showing me this borderline child pornography, please." I just want to read the article about this thing. You know, you don't. I don't need that many examples. I'm here to learn. Like I can. <laughs> yeah. It felt like with these articles, like you know, when we had like a, a paper in English in high school, and we had to like fill two pages, mm. so we double spaced it. And like, 
we, we like had the header, so then we it could start. And you make the margins way. really big, right? It that because then the article it felt like it felt like it had to take up so so much space, and the actual writing was like then like five sentences, and then just like one to fill up the space with the actual. Yeah, they use so many of these awful, awful pictures. Gee, lazy, ugh. yeah, lazy journalism. But oh back Lord. to back to the, the whose the, idea the it was. Okay, you're in a pit. You're Victoria's Secret employee in China. You're All in right. the pitch room. Hold on, you're hold like, on. I sh- I, we have to say Victoria's Secret had nothing to do with this. It, it was a Vic, they, they called it a Victoria's Secret style because you know with the angel. Wings oh, it was and the just stuff. style. It wasn't actually yeah. sanctioned by the company. Right. Oh, okay. So mm. you're in the Victoria's Secret knockoff meeting, <laughs> and you're like, "Yo, you guys, I got this idea. All right, we're gonna get chicks who are kindergarten through Whoa. fourth grade." We're going to put him in fucking sexy lingerie. Did you say it was in a mall, too? In a mall. So gross. It's just gross to think about. God. Ugh. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know whose idea it was, but um, I can I can understand a person thinking that they're going to get ahead. Like, children are so sexualized so, you know, earlier and earlier, you know, these days. It feels like. Maybe it's just, I'm just an old person. That's my take on it. But I can see somebody thinking, like, oh, I'm going to get I'm going to get a jump on this. And I'm going to start... A jump on making kids sexy? Yeah, exactly. Like, people, you know, I, I can see a person thinking that that's the trend and that they're like, oh, if, if that's the trend, then I'm just going to leap ahead. You know, I'll be I'll be ahead of my time. People will think I'm revolutionary. I'll make a little bit extra money. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Don't... I, I feel like I'm getting attitude. Like, this is my idea, Phil. Like, no, no, I'm just... <laughs> my mind is blown to this whole thing, and I, I, I'm just... I'm trying to wrap my head around what you just said. Mm. But I guess that leads into what my next question is, which is, what's the market for this in size, you know, um, quadruple, small lingerie? Like, who whose parents are going to be like, oh, my God, my five-year-old would look fucking great in well, that? Well, have you seen Toddlers and Tiaras? Because I feel like it's not that far off. Oh, you know what? You're right. Well, from we what have, this is like, what, you know, with John Benet Ramsey, like, we have beauty pageants for kids. But they're they, not all specifically in two-piece lingerie. Right. No, but there is a bikini section. Am I wrong there? Right? I haven't seen Tellers and Tiaras. Have I've you seen Little Miss Sunshine? It's pictures. a similar fucking thing. It's just as yeah, creepy. Yeah, yeah. It's just gross. It really, really is. I think I think the entire vibe there is, you know, parents who I think are inappropriately trying to live through their children or something like that, you know? Uh, yeah, maybe it, it has to all be that type of parent, the Tyler and Tiara parents. Yeah. They're like forcefully like, my kid's going to be the sexiest thing in whatever part of China uh. this is. It has to be that because I can't imagine somebody's parent who would even be on the fence about something like this. <laughs> yeah, you know? It's, it's really... Really inappropriate. Like, there's no gray area here. This is yeah, just bad. There's, yeah, they have so many regular chicks in China, too, to, like, you know, do these shows. <laughs> Why didn't they just pick one of them? I just like how you differentiated between children and, you know, regular chicks. Right. <laughs> well, they're, they're, like, they're like a billion breasts in China, right? Like 500 million women. Uh, yeah, well, let's say like seven. Then some of them are, are there like a billion kids. people in China. I feel like there's a billion people in China, right? Yeah, there's, there's 1.3 yeah. billion people. 1.3 billion China, so Half of those are women. Two point six. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's right. There's not. Well, there's 2.6 million nipples, but most of them are guys. Because don't they kill off girls and their babies there in China? They, I mean, there there was the whole one child policy where. Oh right, there are more men than women. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was if, how much of an urban myth. So really, that was. really, you're only talking like maybe like like a billion boobs. <laughs> it's only really, a billion boobs. Yeah, I mean, that's that's come on now. Oh God. Ugh, yeah. I just feel bad. I just feel bad for the people whose children did this because that well, is. Well, I'm saying they're the ones who wanted their kids yeah. to do it. You know. Yeah. So was there a reaction to this? To this like there's outrage. Yeah. So, so what people was the went outrage? on Weibo, which is their social media site, uh, yeah. to criticize the event, and I, I they had to translate these. So it, even these like these translation of the criticisms are kind of funny because it's like one of them is like, I do not support children to participate in such activities too early. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. Uh, one of was like, I do not want to let her wear bikini and then twist the body with a variety of shapes to please the audience. Oh my goodness. I love it's it. great because you're technically uh, Asian, so you can say that shit with the accent. <laughs> and me, Jarrett and I are in the clear. We're just hanging out. We're, yeah, we're just enjoying we're, it. I didn't say any accent. <laughs> I, was just, I was just reading the... The, the, the broken English there. Yeah, you're saying in English. From the translation. No, I was reading what the translation said. Yeah, this I was is more just, critique of the translator than yeah. anything. I, I, it's, well, the weird thing about this is that we're making fun of these people, but like we have to be with them on the outrage. Yeah. Right. I, I think this is one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad somebody was outraged about this. I'm not going to write an email about this, but I'm glad somebody did. Like a parent should. Anybody who has a child should write a letter about this, saying uh, how awful it is. All these things where there are these pageants yeah. of underage girls dressing up in a in a beauty pageant style type of thing. That's to come. We have to stop this. This is ridiculous, and yeah. it goes on here too. They should not be making sweatpants with "juicy" written on the butt for children. Like I think that is too early for that. Yeah, it should just be like Capri Sun juice or like apple juice. <laughs> like that, that's the only way. How juice about nothing be on the butt? How about nothing on the butt? Yeah, no, nothing on the butt. Just <laughs> well, you gotta have words. Possibly it could be like "do not look here." You mm -hmm. know, like go, uh, <laughs> go in the opposite direction with it all the way. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you looking at? Like mm -hmm. that, make it right. like that. But then people are going to look there. It's like, don't think of white elephants, and then you have to think of a white elephant. Oh, shit, yeah, you're I right. feel like you're trying to dig your way, uh, you know, out of out of a situation where you can just leave, you know? Like, just don't put anything on the butt. We don't want to dig into that butt any deeper. <laughs> um, yeah, and you got to wait till girls are at least 13 or so before you start sexualizing them. Wait, Am I right, check fellas? Out, check out my conservative friend over here. <laughs> so, Sandeep. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything, uh, other pertinent information in this story that you need us to know? I, I think I think we pretty much got the Before gist of it. We hit the verdict. I think yeah. this was going to be a very obvious one. Yes. Yeah, it's just it's bad. It's wrong. Right. Nothing good yeah. here. We're all going to go real outrage. I'm going right. legit outrage. All right. Yeah. All right. Very justifiable. I'm going to add one thing to this, which is maybe another thing that this person was thinking about is that I don't know if any of you have ever seen the uh, Little Rascals movie that they made in the '90s, but the entire premise of the Little Rascals movie is that these kids are doing very adult things and it's really adorable and hilarious. And so I'm thinking possibly maybe the person who decided to do this lingerie fashion show with these kids was going for a similar thing. I think it's giving them way too much credit, but I just, it's what it reminded me of a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Which let me yeah. also say, I highly recommend the little rascals movie that came out in the nineties. Now it's uh, precious. Okay. We'll, we'll take that. Uh, <laughs> Jared Bernstein recommends that. Uh, uh, so my, my question, my counter question to that mm -hmm. would be of all the activities available to you. Yeah. Why you a lingerie fashion adult, show? They, yeah. They went lingerie. I mean, you could do like kids dressed up in like little tiny ties or girls in <laughs> girls in uh, what, what's the um, pantsuits, right? Yeah. Little Hillary pants suits, style pants okay, for, the, for the Democrat crowd, that <laughs> kind of thing. But no, they went sexy lingerie. Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, I, I think that we that we don't recognize like how. Just one creep in a focus group can completely ruin everything. You know, like there's one dude in there who's just like, pour a bit, pour a bit something sexy. You know, and they're just like, well, I don't know, but I guess, you know, if uh, if everybody votes on it, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, or, or maybe it's a lingerie company that wasn't making their sales quota. So, hey, well, maybe we need to expand our market. Maybe. Go younger. Like, it's there's so they many. They should have gone older. They should have gone old. Oh, hell yeah. They should have gone older. No one would have been writing letters about that if they had right. had a bunch of uh, octogenarians up there That's right. in two pieces. And God Gilfs. bless them. I said, yeah, you know, why hasn't anybody done that? Gilfs and lingerie. Somebody should do that today. Jarrett, sounds like your next team show up Magnet <laughs> Theater, <laughs> old, doesn't it? Old people in underwear, everybody. That'd be amazing. Get so yeah, legit outrage in that one. Uh, moving along from China. Now, 
This is an international episode. This one here. Now we're going to go to Switzerland. And, and this is, I think this is a Swiss debut. I don't think we've done a Swiss outrage story here at the Fake Outrage Report before. We've done a lot of, you know, China, a lot of Australia. But I think this is the first time they're, they're getting in the action here. So good for you, they Switzerland. They generally have their shit together pretty well over there in Switzerland. <laughs> in this case, they did not. <laughs> um, so this story comes from Arosa, Switzerland, uh, which is... I don't actually know in Switzerland where that is. I didn't write it down. Who cares? <laughs> Again, vacation mode. I don't give a shit. There's a hotel called the Paradis Hotel, which I assume translates to paradise. Paradis? Yeah, I think it's a fair assumption. It's a, okay. And they got into some trouble lately. Some uh, hot water, and that pun's going to be intended and hilarious in about 30 seconds. They put up a sign outside the pool of their hotel see the water uh and putting up a thing where they said and this is a quote here they said to our jewish guests women men and children please take a shower before you go swimming and although after swimming if you break the rules i'm forced to close the swimming pool for all of you unquote Mm. Jared, you're jewish how do you feel about this uh i'm fine (laughs) you know like hey we don't shower enough like you know that the stereotype Uh, stereotypes are true you know is that an actual stereotype (laughs) It is, it is, but the I think the bad it, hygiene. It I didn't has, know that. It has way more to do with Orthodox Jews than your mm-hmm. run-of-the-mill, uh, you know, uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, dudes. Brooklyn hipster or Hollywood yeah. mogul. You know, like not every Jew has this thing about it. But I think that that's a that's a, a stereotype for the Orthodox the only, in general. The only thing I could think of because I work at a hotel myself. Is it on certain days of the week? I know that uh, people, depending on which type of Jewish you are, they're not allowed to touch modern technology. So maybe like that day of the week, people weren't showering because it was part of technology. Part of Sabbath? And, part of the Sabbath? Uh, yeah. Is that is that what, what it would be part of? I guess. I mean, maybe? I think I think it's more that, you know, the uh, clothing that an Orthodox Jew has to wear is very restrictive and bulky. And so like even in warmer days and warmer climates... You're going to mm-hmm. be sweating a lot more than a person who's able to wear a short sleeve shirt and shorts, you mm. know? Um, and so, yeah, no, obviously Jews shower and smell just as good as every other human being. So, you know, <laughs> I don't think I need to, uh, uh, you know, be a moral authority on that issue, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, this is uh, obviously so the, a shitty thing that that person did a bad job. The outrage spread because somebody took a picture. So a guest of the hotel took a picture, plopped it on their Facebook. And then the Times of Israel picked it up and did a whole story about it. And then then, the, you know, Israel got mad. And then the ambassador to Switzerland from Israel actually called the hotel the, the bitch, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah. The fact that we got government involved. <laughs> it went the, all the way up to the top. Yeah. <laughs> the Swiss ambassador to Israel or the Israel ambassador The, the Israel ambassador in Switzerland. The like, Israeli ambassador. Whoever, whoever is working at the Israeli embassy at in Switzerland okay. called the hotel to complain, which I think is fucking hilarious. That is bonkers bananas. Yeah, that person just did a really bad job writing their sign, you know? Yeah, it, but there was another sign, right? It was also with like there the was food. another sign where they said that they're only allowed to access the freezer during certain hours of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, so you have these people who are like, "All right, uh, we own and operate this hotel. Everybody's complaining about the Orthodox Jews that are coming mm-hmm, in here. They mm-hmm. say that they're not showering before they get into the pool, and also that they're going into the freezer too much for their kosher food. The smart thing to do oh. is to say to put a sign that says, 
everybody has to shower. Yeah, naturally. And everybody can only use the freezer at these specific points, but because they they felt like the problem was only coming from the orthodox shoes that were going there, they said specifically that Jews had to do that, and then obviously people are going to get upset about that. So... Uh, yeah, that that was uh, yeah. I had that in my notes. Same thing. Like <laughs> when when you're, especially when you're in the hospitality and you're dealing with guests and paying customers, you want to be as welcoming as possible. So you just have a yeah. blanket policy for everybody. But they decided that they just wanted to uh, uh, put it out there. Yeah. Apparently, I, the Jews love this hotel. This one particular hotel. Really? They. I mean, that's they had they had so many Orthodox Jewish guests that they had to. That's a thing in hotels, by the way. There are certain in in I work. Um, Again, I work at a hotel. I, I've worked my whole adult life in hotels. There are certain hotels that are catered towards Jewish guests mm. and, and certain ones that Jewish guests tend to come to. We, we've actually gotten quite a few at mine, and we have this thing uh, where if somebody has to go to their room, if it's Sabbath day, I'll have to go in the elevator with them and let them up to their room and bring them up there and open their door for them because they don't want to touch any electronic keys or, or the elevator. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And so this might be a hotel that has some sort of amenities that are catered to Jewish guests. Interesting. Well, I had a friend. I, I worked in uh, restaurants for a long time. And I had a friend who worked at uh, a restaurant that all of the Orthodox Jewish matchmakers would tell the kids to go to together. Like mm. if they were trying to set up two kids to be married to each other, they would send them to this one restaurant. There, I, I, I have no idea why they picked this one restaurant, but they said, <laughs> but they said, you know, uh, uh, you you get a Coke, she'll order a Sprite, and then you talk and you see if you want to get married. And so my friend who worked there was like, every every couple of days, like a couple of Jewish kids will come in, one will order a Coke, one will order a Sprite, and they'll talk about maybe getting married. And it happened like all the time. <laughs> for some reason, they chose this one restaurant for, to have this happen. I think because they probably split the checks um, automatically without having to be asked. So <laughs> that, that is offensive. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is offensive. Oh, so you boy. know the awkward moment of like who's gonna who's gonna pay? <laughs> the guy doesn't have to. That would be amazing if that was the actual. And why Jesus. aren't people ordering two cokes? And if one I person don't know orders why, a coke, but it was like fun? I think the matchmaker specifically said like they say to the girls like order a Sprite. He'll order a Coke. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm not a part of that community. I'm yeah, not a part of that when culture. You're, you're, you're Jewish, but you're not like that Jewish. Well, I don't I'm, know the... I'm kind of like a uh, just just Jewish enough for uh, someone who's anti-Semitic to hate. But like I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't did be. Did you have a bar mitzvah? I did not have a bar mitzvah. Oh, so you're not even. Yeah, you're ten scale. And you're like a two. my mom's not Jewish, so I'm like the least amount of Jew that you can be and still be considered Jewish. Yeah, I just have the last name. Berenstein is pretty fucking Jewish. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I was raised Catholic. Like I went, I was an altar boy for a little while. I don't really have a religion now, but you know, yeah. I because I have the last name, I guess I can swing a little bit of the Jew club if I need to. You I know? feel like they wouldn't have shown you the sign. You're so less Jewish that they wouldn't have thought to like. <laughs> well, like, I have you... the beard. It's a little orthodox. They'd be like, well, yeah. he he's suspect, but he's not wearing the all the. Nah, he, okay, we'll let him. He'll pass. probably shower. He can mm -hmm. go to the freezer. Yeah, I mean, uh, I do smell terrible all the time, but uh, I don't think that's because of my Jewish heritage. <laughs> So back to the Switzerland thing. All right. Um, the poster was removed very quickly, obviously, because once the once the government calls you and tells you to take and take down your fucking poster, <laughs> you take it down. Um, there was a quote in here that I, I just wanted to hit on before we do our verdict here. There was a response. The deputy foreign minister said that this is quote an anti-Semitic act of the worst and ugliest kind. Mm. Unquote. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, especially, and by the way, just for context, if you're listening to this months or years from now, uh, we're filming this like less than a week after the Charlottesville thing here in the States. Uh -huh. yeah. So yeah, I feel like there's some worse things that have happened to the Jews throughout history than a, a sign over a pool. Like what? Mm -hmm. Oh God, I'm not a history person. Yeah, you know? neither am I. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just off the top of my, uh, God, I, I, you know, I just can't think of anything. I really can't. I don't know. That's a rough I've one. I've got about six million reasons why this is not the worst thing that's ever <laughs> nice. happened to the Jews. Good one. Filled yeah. with layup. <laughs> yeah. Well done, that's, uh, so anyway. That's a little bit of a stretch, I think, calling it what the worst. The worst and ugliest Anti-Semitic tag. You know, it's just like, ugh, I don't know. This is, uh, somebody just should have said to that guy, this is offensive, change it, and then he should have changed it. Well, that's it. basically what happened, but it had apparently be the ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> just I don't think it should have issues, When everyone, anyone issues a quote about anything anymore, it ha- you have, everyone has to punch it up. Everyone has to punch up every statement to be the worst and most. And you you just like that word now has just lost all meaning. Yeah. Let's Um, let's lose the hyperbole in general, everybody. Maybe maybe we can start saying like putting things in the exact list. Like we could say like this is number eight, five, six, seven, eight, nine of all the things that have happened to Jews, you know. Oh, we're going to start quantifying it. Yeah. Why not? I like that. You know, it'll keep people busy. We got the Internet now, you know. We got computers. We're, we're getting Excel. Like, put it on Google yeah. Drive. People can can update it with each other, kind of like Wikipedia. We can make like Google Sheets. You, write, you know? write a computer program to like that you input what happened, and then it like goes through and ranks. And this it's is artificial not, intelligence. This is not just for Jews. We can do it for everybody. We can do everybody who feels marginalized. Everybody who feels like they've been oppressed. I don't want to say feels like that's not a real thing. I, I say feel. I mean people who have been oppressed can also use this. I don't want to make Everyone it. gets a spreadsheet. Yeah. There we go. Well, that's one of the things we try to do, not spreadsheets, but on the show, <laughs> we we try to kind of figure out what's worth getting mad about and what's actually offensive and what really would be the worst and ugliest kind of any type of offense, mm-hmm. be it Jewish or otherwise. You know, and this one is uh this one is, you know, it's not the worst and ugliest, but I do think the outrage is pretty legit cuz Putting up in big bold letters, "Hey Jew, is fucking take a shower." That's, <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty offensive. It's offensive when you're single out in a group like that. I think it got blown a, a little out of proportion, but it's definitely offensive. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'll go legit in this one. Sandy percent. How do you feel? Yeah, I'll go legit. I should say they they complained about the sign, and then the sign got taken down. So it was a good ending, and uh, it's a happy ending, like yeah. uh, cool runnings. Mm-hmm. Cool yes. runnings got a happy ending, right? I haven't yeah, seen that it. That was an incredible random reference. <laughs> That was the first thing, like the first thing of a happy ending. That had a happy ending to it, and I picked a movie I haven't even seen, so I don't even know. I don't even know that happened. It's about the Jamaican bobsled team, and um, they, I suppose, it was happy though. They didn't win the. Well, it was a Disney movie, so I just thought that they would have a happy ending to it. By the way, you know, let's put a 2017 uh, spin on that movie. Would that be considered cultural appropriation, having Jamaicans bobsled nowadays? Like they're stealing it from the Norwegians or something? Yes. Hmm, Interesting. I don't know. It was based on it. It was a true story. There was a Jamaican. There was a Jamaican bobsled team. Well, regardless of whether it's true or not, would that be considered cultural appropriation? I think it has to do with a more powerful group taking something from a less powerful group, and so I don't think that the Norwegians... Jamaicans are pretty jacked, though. I mean, some of them are pretty jacked. jacked. That's not what we're talking about, physical strength. We're talking about, like, power culturally, in the community, Mm. politically. Well, where does Norway rank, power rank, on terms of oppressive regimes? I think they're more powerful than Jamaica. I could be wrong about that. I don't want to offend anybody out there, but just in general, I'm going to say... Okay, yeah, we're we're not. You and I are not a foreign relations co- committee. No. Foreign relations. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we don't work at the UN. Yeah. Anyway, I was just <laughs> I was just trying to point out the ridiculousness of people and like yeah, you're appropriating whatever because mm-hmm. that, that's which I'm not 100 percent against that argument. Like I do think there's something to be said for cultural appropriation being a bad thing. I am not in the position to speak on that because I don't I I don't think anybody's ever taken anything from Jewish culture and had us get mad about it. You know, so I think I'm all right <laughs> with it. I'm also a little bit Italian, so. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm not that upset about the cultural appropriation of what pizza is and Domino's and stuff like that. Like, but like I said, this is not my fight. And so I'm not exactly. going to, I'm so not going to get in the middle gonna of this. We're going to get into what is your fight. Cause we already ruled on this. And before we, uh, end the show, we always give our guests the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Jared, is there anything you're pissed off about currently in the universe? Uh, yeah, I am actually. Um, well, two things. Number one, this is a small thing. Like I've become a cyclist. I'm a cyclist now. And uh, I yeah, okay. part of part of my part of my regular commute, I go over the uh, the Brooklyn Bridge. It's it's a lovely ride, but there's a very narrow walkway. There's a very specific demarcation for where the bikes go and where the people go. Mm. And I've become that annoying biker that has to yell ding, ding, at ding, the ding. at the people in the bike lane. I just like you're in the bike lane, you're in the bike lane, you're in the bike lane. And so you know that's I need to be less angry, but also don't be in the bike lane, people. Don't be dumb. But here's the one I want to tell you guys about. I was at the movies yesterday. Uh, you know how they're doing assigned seating now in the movie theater? Yes. Which I love, by the way. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't hate that. Uh, this dude, so it was, there, there's, it was a movie that had been out for a long time. We saw the new Planet of the Apes movie. It was pretty okay. Uh, okay. There were maybe six people in the movie theater. Uh, me and my friends got there early. We didn't, we're like, there's nobody here. We didn't care what seats we had purchased. We were just like, give us a yeah, let's yeah. go. This guy walks in, like, right as the, right as the trailers are starting, and he's like, <clears throat> And immediate, immediate entitlement, immediate attitude. Uh, you're in seven and eight, and we're seven and eight. And I, I, I looked around at a, this nearly empty movie theater. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, well, yeah, obviously I'm gonna move because these are your seats. These are technically your seats, but come on, man. You know, if it really means that much to you, you don't don't be a dick about it. You're the weird one. If if it if that is important to you, then you're the weird one, and you should be apologizing, not taking this sort of like holier than thou attitude because we're in your shitty seats. Oh boy, did that rub was me this a white way. guy? It was not a white guy, but let's not make what? it. Let's not make this about. Race. I, just, no, I, I just assumed trouble. it was a white guy. It was not. That's, that seems like a fucking white faggoty thing to do. Whoa! You know? All right. <laughs> oh boy. I don't yeah, mean. Douche, I don't mean that with douchebaggery comes in all. all uh, I'm not gonna call this guy people. out for his race. Try not to be offensive. Just go ahead and say the f word. I'm allowed oh, to boy. to make fun of white guys. I am one. No, and and no, and the whole the f word. Yeah, dude, that's that's a thing that I feel like of all the things to say that it's offensive. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ones that I'm not as a, as a member of the previous regime of liberals, not the new ones. I'm not letting go of that word. Okay, right. I'm not a homophobe, no matter how bad somebody wants me to be, because I occasionally use that word. All right. So listen, I'm not going to say that you're not allowed to use that word because I'm not a gay person. I'm allowed to make that call. But here's what mm-hmm. I will say is that you also don't get to choose what somebody else is offended by. And so if a lot of gay people come up well, to me. Well, that's the premise of this show. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, you're you're shitting on both of our uh, next year, uh, Jared. <laughs> Listen, listen, this is not me calling out either of you guys. I like I said, I'm not the one who who's allowed yeah. to make the call on this. So back to your theater story. So, so back to my what? Back to your theater story. My theater story? Was there an ending to this? Oh yeah, there was. Uh yeah. oh the movie theater. Yeah, that's right. Um no, so yeah, we moved. I texted my friend about what a dick this guy was, you know. I'm not gonna get into a fight with a random dude in the movie theater, but it just annoyed me where I was like, You're being weird by being a dick about these movie about these movie theater seats. Did you sit like one row behind him and just talk loudly the whole movie? No, we, I, I would have done something spiteful like that. One no, we sat one seat away, which I was actually kind of annoyed by. I was like, I don't want to sit near this human being. He's gonna annoy me the entire time. But you know, I guess my friend didn't wanna didn't want to get too far away. Didn't want to walk six feet. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, no, we just kinda like I you know I'm trying to do trying to be a good Buddhist, trying was to let by things himself? go. No, he had a friend there. Oh, because it'd be funny if he was by himself, and you're like, fine, we'll move, and you sat on one side, and your buddy <laughs> sat on the other. <laughs> like, just to make it as weird as that you could. That happened to me. That happened to me recently. Well, the, this is not. This is a different story. This guy wasn't being mean, but me and my friend, 
Uh, we both brought our girlfriends to the exact same opening night screening of the new Spider-Man movie. Um, and we fantastic, by the way, it was great. the other day. Two thumbs up. Loved yeah. it. Uh, but we bought these, these, these seats that were like really close to the center and him and his girlfriend were over here and me and my girlfriend were over here. And there was a stranger in between us in these <laughs> seats. And so like when we realized that we knew each other for like five minutes, we're talking over this poor dude, like all four of us, I just felt so bad, but I knew this guy was like, He's sitting like front row center at the new Spider-Man movie on opening night. He's not the kind of guy that's going to be like, oh, do you guys want to sit together? He's like, no, this is my seat yeah. and I'm staying here. So, yeah, that was my big. It's interesting. The fir your first outrage was people being where they weren't supposed to be mm. in your area. That is true. And then true. the second outrage yeah. was you yeah. being in someone else's. You are 100% right. And I will say that this is something that I am bad at like i'm bad at okay. being cool about people in the bike lane and i and i'm recognizing that i i shouldn't be mean about that but sometimes my human nature gets the better of me and so i ring my bell and i shout you're in the bike lane you're in the bike lane to these people i should be more like what i thought that guy should have been which is apologetic and been like hey sorry don't don't be a dick about this but I kind of want to sit here. If you guys wouldn't mind, these are my seats, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So you couldn't, like, if you're riding a bike, you can't be that. You really don't have the time to do right, that. You don't have the time to do that. Yeah, you're right about that. You have right. to actually stop and talk to somebody. <laughs> hey, sorry, excuse me. I don't want to bother you. Yeah, I live near <laughs> I live near a bridge that has the, the, the separate bike lane. So that's fucking perfect. Yes. The they just was on by and it's amazing. Yeah, that's dope. That's how I got over here. That's the fucking best. Well, sure. I think that's a pretty good place to end. So I, I think this would be spatial outrage. <laughs> Of course. Because right. I ride city bike all the time. Yeah, and sometimes like these these bikes are these um they're like the streets are one way, but you just have to go the wrong way in the one way street just to get to the next street so you can go the right way. And otherwise you're yes. And so I do that, and then like cyclists will like yell, even though I'm not in their way, like I'm I'm gonna let them go. I always give them the right. and then I was like, You're in the wrong way, <laughs> the one way, dude. <laughs> And I fucking hate those people. How do you feel about that? I, I got to tell you, man, I'm with them. I would ah, never yell. See. I would never yell. But anytime I have to go against the flow of traffic as a cyclist, it breaks my heart where I'm like, I have to do this. Otherwise, it's going to add 10 minutes to my commute. Right. You know, and I only do it when it's 100% necessary. Wait, so you're with me. No, I'm with the guys that are that. You, but you do it. I am. But, yeah, very, but I, so I almost rarely. hurt someone doing that once. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's a pretty good place to end here. Uh, email us anytime you'd like at the fake outrage report at gmail.com. Follow us at fake outrage ripped. Uh, you can follow Jarrett Bernstein online at. Uh, you follow me on my website, jarrettbernstein.com, or Twitter. My, my Twitter is at J U S T J A R R E T, which reads at just Jarrett. That's the same as my Instagram. And, you know, I got a Facebook fan page if you want to check me out there as well. Absolutely. And give us all those good reviews. Make sure you check out the Kellyanne Conway technique. Buy my book. Leave a review. Tell your friends about it. Let me know how funny you think it is. Sandy Psen, any parting thoughts before we go on vacation? Uh, Jew or not, uh, just make sure you shower. <laughs> <laughs>